Section 13 of Epics and Romances of the Middle Ages. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Lynette Calkins, Monument, Colorado. Epics and Romances of the Middle Ages by Wilhelm Wagner. Section 13, Part 1st. Section 3. Dietrich of Bern, Chapter Six, King Etzel, Walter of Wagenstein, Hildegund. When Etzel became king of the Huns, he was the mightiest of all chieftains. But his lust of power was not satisfied. He collected a great army and, falling upon the land of the Franks, demanded tribute with threats of devastation. The Frankish king was unprepared to defend himself so he paid large sums of money and gave as hostage for his good faith the boy hagen of tronge his own son was too young being yet in the cradle the huns went on to burgundy where they also levied tribute and received as hostage the king's daughter hildigund a child of four years old they were equally successful with king alfar of aquitaine who paid them much red gold and gave them his young son walter as hostage hagen and walter early showed great warlike ability they learnt from the huns to ride throw the spear and fight after the german fashion and few could equal them in many sports hildegund became very lovely and was a great favourite with the queen time went on and these young people all grew up Helsha advised her husband to marry Hagen and Walter to Hunnish maidens of high degree, so as to confirm them in their devotion to himself and their adopted country. But the youths did not admire the beauties of that nation, whose blubber lips did not provoke a kiss. Walter was more attracted by slender Hildegund's rosy mouth, fair curls, and blue eyes than by any of the daughters of the land, and he was more pleasing in her eyes than the bow-legged hun whom the queen desired her to marry meanwhile the franks and burgundians had thrown off the yoke of the huns and etzel did not dare to enforce it in the then condition of affairs hagen one day found out what had chanced and according to one account he made his escape to his own people but according to another was sent home loaded with honours but etzel did his best to keep walter with him for he knew his bravery and worth once when the king returned with his warriors from conquering an invading horde he gave a great feast and asked hildegund to sing him a song the maiden complied and sang about her old home and her mother and how she trusted to return to them once more when the hero came for whom she waited etzel did not take in the sense of her song as she had expected he had raised the wine-cup to his lips too often for that but queen helsha understood and determined to watch walter and the maiden lest they should fly together walter too had understood the meaning of the song and soon found an opportunity of arranging matters with hildegund regarding their flight do not sleep to-night he whispered one evening but slip into the treasure-chamber and take as much gold and silver as you can carry out of the seventh chest it is part of the tribute money that your father and mine paid the huns long ago put the money you have taken in two caskets and bring them down to the hall you will find me waiting for you at the gate with two saddled horses 
we shall be gone a long time before the drunken huns find out that we have escaped them they carried out walter's plan in every particular and made their way to Bechelaron first then to the rhine and finally to the mountains of Voskingo, Vosges, in the highest of which, the Voskenstein, they found a cave with such a narrow entrance that one man could there defend himself against an army. Walter wished to rest a while, for he had had but little sleep during their long and toilsome journey, so he asked the maiden to keep watch, lest a sudden attack should be made upon them. He had not been long asleep when Hildegund saw the sheen of armor in the distance, she wakened the hero, telling him that the Huns were upon them. "'These are not Huns, but Burgundians,' he answered, starting to his feet, and he found they were messengers sent by King Gunther to demand that the treasure should be given up to him. Walter offered to hand over a shield full of gold, but this was refused, and the fray began. But the assailants could only approach one at a time, so the hero, who had learnt from the Huns to throw the javelin, was able to kill them one after the other with these missiles, and, when they failed, with his sword. Hagen had come with Gunther's men, but he stood apart during the fight, siding with neither party. Only when he saw his friends falling fast, his hand involuntarily sought his sword, but he did not draw it. He returned to the king and advised him to try an ambush. Next day, as Walter and Hildegunde were continuing their journey across the open country, they were set upon by two men in complete armor, who sprang out upon them from behind a clump of bushes. They were Hagen and King Gunther. Despairing of flight, Walter leapt off his horse, and they did the same. With wonderful agility he dodged, now to the right, now to the left, to avoid their blows. At length, his sword cut through one of King Gunther's greaves, and the edge entered the bone of the leg. He stood over the fallen king, and was about to deal him a death-blow, when a stroke from Hagen disabled his sword-arm. He dropped the sword, but with his left hand drew his dagger, and plunged it into Hagen's eye. Seeing them all three disabled, Hildegund came forward to propose a truce, and bound up all their wounds, after which she and Walter went on their way in peace. They arrived in Aquitaine without further adventure, and were there married. The young hero, in later days, always took part with the Burgundians and Ehrenrich, as we saw before when Dietleib challenged him at Romaburg. End of section 13